What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a new episode of the Triflix cast. Today we have Autumn Lee. Hey, Autumn. Hey, oh. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, so uh, this is the podcast where we interview creative, innovative people, entrepreneurs, people that are passionate about whatever, and we try to break down what it is that they're passionate about, why that like developed within them, and why they continue to pursue it, even when sometimes it doesn't make sense. However, today with Autumn, I don't think that's the case. I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, you have an engineering background, you're creative, and she is, among many things, a designer, and she's uh, developed some cool wristbands, some some watch straps for the Apple Watch, right? That's correct. Yeah, and one of the first types of its kind on the market, right? It is. It yeah. is. It's patent uh, pending currently. Tell so. me a little yeah. bit about this. Tell me about yourself. What do you What do you do? You know, throughout the day, and uh, how did you get into designing wristwatches, and it, does it make money? <laughs> okay, so I'm Autumn. I'm from Columbus, Indiana. I recently graduated from Purdue University with a degree in construction engineering and management. So that is my full-time job. I am an estimator at a general contractor working on road work, and I started making watch bands in May, and it was just an idea I had about six months prior I got an Apple Watch for Christmas last year, and I was looking, and I was like, man, like, I really don't want to use the standard band. I want something that kind of goes with all my outfits, something that looks girly, fun. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking around, and there was just nothing that I liked. There were some, but they were all like $50, $60, and I'm like, I don't really want to pay $50, $60 for a band and then not be able to change it out. Like, I want to be able to afford more than one. So I ended up coming up with the idea of combining the everyday scrunchie with an Apple Watch band and came up with an Apple Watch scrunchie. And it was just an idea for a few months. I bought a couple parts here and there. And then in May, after graduation, about a week later, I got my sewing machine out of the attic and started working. And I kind of just decided that if I opened up an Etsy shop, I could maybe sell a few just enough to pay for the material that I was using. Mm -hmm. And then that way it was like free to me and kind of share the joy with somebody else. And about two months later, it was about the end of July, the idea just took off and yeah. went viral. And I went from having between May and July, I had 50 sales total. And the week that took off, I had about 800. Mm -hmm. And since then, it's just been pretty steady, not 800 a week, but yeah. it stayed steady. It's been pretty much, it went from a part-time hobby to like my second full-time job. So yeah. And the, the price is like, whenever you've like, as far as whenever you start operating a business, like you're going to have what you sell the uh, product for and then also what it costs to produce it has like those costs stayed pretty much the same or has it like have you started like making your process more efficient so you know it's cheaper for you now have you started outsourcing or is this all something like you're doing out of your house you have family helping like what's the story with the uh, production so with the production they did originally cost a little bit more because i was just kind of buying one one or two parts at a time just enough to keep myself going and then if one sold i'd get the parts and go from there but now that i'm selling on a larger scale i've been able to buy materials wholesale and the prices drop drastically it's it's not that expensive to make it bands anymore not right, at all yeah. what it started which with that the price that i sell them for has also dropped to um just a little over half of what i used to charge for them when I first started. So. Yeah, passing that forward to uh, people that enjoy your product. Like, yeah. like you said, when you started out, you wanted to be able to like pass that on to people like that that gift of 
you know, there was something in the market that you wanted and, you know, you kind of want to be able to offer that to other people and make them happy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So when everything did take off, I just quickly realized it was not, there was too much work for myself to do out of my kitchen. That's, I call it my office. My mom calls it her kitchen. Who's to say (laughs) really what it is at this point. But I realized that there was too much coming out of my kitchen. So I did end up outsourcing. I hired my 93-year-old great-grandmother oh. and my nine and my 73-year-old grandmother. Were they qualified? And they they at first struggled, but they caught on pretty quick. And they ended up, they were able to make like 50, 60 bands a day, um, which when you're selling 800 in a week, that's still like between myself and them, we were still like struggling to get by, but yeah. we've gotten it under control now. Um, so yeah, they were definitely a huge help Right. and making the yeah, bands would but have been possible yeah I, I would have still been working on orders from july and now my turnaround is like one to two days and then i usually wow. ship out a band so yeah so i assume because you mentioned that you, your sales jumped up to 800 like what was the um the timeline of leading up to that was there anything impactful or was it just that you know people started sharing their product and it was all organic like how did that I mean, 800 sales of anything overnight going from 40 for a new company seems like a really big deal. Yeah. So originally I was kind of sharing. I would just post on Facebook about, hey, this is what I'm doing. Instagram, Mm -hmm. Snapchat. A couple friends would share. That was about it. My first sale was to a girl from Columbus, um, just a family friend. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of every once in a while, just I'm not really sure how people found me on Instagram or on Etsy. I think they just searched Apple Watch band and would find me. And so it just kind of was just one or two here. Like if I sold two in a day, like I was like, oh man, like I am big time. Like let's go. And then there was- was, It was still good money, especially because you were still in college at that point, right? No, I had just graduated. So I was working full time. Um, But yeah, it was still good money for a day. I was like, okay, like an extra, you know, $20, $30 a day. That's still, I mean, just for going and making one band. Like that's not that bad. One or two bands. So it, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. So I was selling like one to two a day. Mm -hmm. And then there was one day I remember I was like not even in town. Like I was up in Shelbyville um, getting my car fixed. I was having car issues. So I like wasn't even around. And I was being driven to Shelbyville to get to pick up my car, which Mm -hmm. is like 30 minutes from Columbus. And my phone just started going off and I like got a sale. I'm like, oh, like look at me, three sales in a day. And then like five minutes later, another sale. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird. And like by the time I like got my car and had dinner and was heading home, I had had like 12 sales that day. I was like, this day is like, what is going on? Yeah. And so I went to bed, like I got all of those bands made. Like I was like, man, this is kind of hard to make 10, 12 in a day. But I finished that up. It was like midnight. I go to bed. And I wake up the next morning to head to work and I received a message on Etsy and it was just a screenshot sent to me from somebody they had never purchased a band, Mm -hmm. um, just a customer who had been on Etsy. And it was a screenshot of a tweet that had gone viral, which I'm not really on Twitter. I don't ever really check it. There was a tweet that had gone viral and it was a girl claiming she had made an Apple Watch scrunchie and she was planning to start selling them soon. And so everybody's on there and they're like, well, you should probably take that up with this girl who's been selling them for months. And so then that put my name out there, like me not even knowing. Mm -hmm. So I quickly like jumped on there and commented. I'm like, hey, like this actually is already a thing. And here's a link to my shop. And I ended up that week just like took off. Like I just didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, like 
I mean, this tweet's going viral, like might as well kind of jump on this and right. get a little bit of free publicity. And it just, the idea just took off um, and pretty much just went from there. And that was all I did was that one tweet and everything yeah. just took off on its own. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so like our line of work with my company, we do some advertising and marketing. And a lot of the times that I always tell people, word of mouth's always gonna be the best way to spread, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes social media can be used that way because if it's an organic post where somebody says, you know, they did this for me and I really like the product and then their friends see it, then it'll share. But I think it's really cool in your case where it was a social media post of some people that hadn't even purchased your product, but still like uh, valued your creative expertise and like your time that you put into this product. And then they shared that and that just kind of like organically grew to something where, you know, you have a somewhat sustainable for that period of time your company blew up but now would you consider it sustainable because you said you started catching up on backlog yeah so it still stays pretty sustainable i think i've probably it's sales have definitely dropped um mm -hmm. but i still probably sell about 10 to 20 a day Wow. so definitely not where i was at the i mean i guess that's still that's really that's still, still really good, impressive right? but um yeah i mean it's still at least 50 or so bands a week maybe mm -hmm. um so definitely not 800 which was just way too much i think i was getting like four to five hours of sleep a night for about a month wow. so it was just a lot to be juggling work and the bands so it's definitely a manageable why did you continue like but you could have at any point just said we're canceling orders why did you continue to work for four four hours of sleep every day um i think part of it was just they're like i'm very stubborn i just really didn't want to give up and be like i can't do it like i'm mm -hmm. my mom kind of asked that she's like is there any way you can like pause orders i'm like mm, don't think so like probably was <laughs> didn't look but I was like, no i don't think i can like i yeah. think they have to keep coming and mm -hmm. then part of it was also just that i'm also very competitive mm -hmm. and i knew that this was something that everybody was seeing as new on the market. And I already had at that time 60 styles. So anybody who's looking for it, they could be like, yeah, this person said that they know how to make them and can make them and we'll be selling bands in a week. But this girl already has them made. So I wanted to stay on top of it and just kind of stay ahead of the game. I was like, if people are looking now, I'm not going to shut down my orders now. Like mm -hmm. this is while it's hot. Like next week, who knows what's going to happen? I want to stay with the orders now if i if it takes me a couple extra days to ship it that's fine it, people will still probably get their orders faster than they would get them from somebody who says i'm going to start selling these and sewing these in a week yeah. like so i just figured i might as well keep up with it and hope that things slowed down enough that i wasn't too far behind but so do you still sew any of them yourself yes i do um so i have built up a pretty large inventory i, I my grandmas and i just kind of sewed like even after we caught up on orders, we just like kept sewing and sewing like 50 bands each a day. Mm -hmm. um, and we ended up building up an inventory. I probably have like a thousand more. variety of styles. Well, I have about 200 different styles. I have about a wow. thousand bands that are already made and sorted by size. Mm -hmm. And then I've got the adapters I can put in. So as soon as an order's placed, I just go to my bins, look for that size, that color, 
And if I have it, I just put the correct adapters on it for that person's watch and ship it that day or the next day, I guess it goes out. And these, um, these aren't in the kitchen anymore, are they? <laughs> the sewing machine is still in the kitchen. The <laughs> uh, It's just very convenient. We have a bar that's like a yeah. standing level. I'm like, where else am I going to go, Mom? Like, this is perfect. Yeah, of course. Um, but the bands that are already made are in my bedroom. I brought a shelf in from... I had it at co in college, yeah. so I just brought it in from the shed and was like, okay, I'm going to put some baskets on the drawer or on the shelves and fill them with bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, you know, we pretty much talked. Is there anything else that you want to mention about the business first before we jump off that subject? No, I think I'm okay. Okay. Yeah, nothing you want to plug? It's... Nothing like that? No. <laughs> just I have my link, but that's about it where you can find me. But Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Um yeah, like plugging all the social medias and stuff. Uh, as far as like your development, so we actually go back because we had high school together and we had engineering courses and several other general studies. Um, but growing up, did you ever expect to be in construction or I guess quoting line of work? Did you ever expect to be a designer? Uh, I guess somewhat working with tech now. Uh, like what growing up, what did you think you would end up doing? I actually kind of always pictured myself in an engineering or construction role. Um, I didn't actually know that construction engineering was a thing. I had heard of civil and wasn't really sure. And it wasn't until my junior or senior year that my mom informed me about the construction engineering program at Purdue. Before that, I had considered architecture and then I kind of got into the engineering classes in high school and I started looking at that and wasn't really sure like mechanical or I, um, I worked in a chemical lab Mm -hmm. in high school so i kind of considered that or like a little bit of metallurgical like I, w I didn't really know i was like something engineering and then my mom's like well you could just go back to what you had thought about architecture and construction and mm -hmm. get into construction engineering and so yeah. it's kind of the easy choice but never bands never never thought that i would be making bands and working um i worked in customer service in high yeah. school oh yeah we actually yeah we worked together I in high school that. at a store um <laughs> It's out of business uh, now. It, yeah. No, thanks to us. That was <laughs> not on us. But um, I, yeah, I worked in customer service in high school. It wasn't really, I think it was more maybe the crowd at the store. Um, it was it all was, elderly. It was elderly people. Yeah. It wasn't really people my age that I could connect with. So I, it wasn't something that I pictured myself doing. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm glad you had aspirations beyond that um, because now you get a design really cool bands have you considered extending like the type of products you offer other than just the variety of styles like have you considered doing any other products or you, this works keep going with it and do it the best you can so as i mentioned a lot of other sellers have realized that they can like oh, there were a lot of sellers on etsy who were making and selling scrunchies mm -hmm. so they realized why would i make and sell a scrunchie when like so many people do that, when I could be one of the first to start making and selling Apple Watch scrunchies. Mm -hmm. So a lot of other sellers have started making and selling Apple Watch scrunchies. So then I thought, okay, like it's one thing for me to have different patterns and that might be what somebody likes, but I could also reach a whole new market by expanding to Fitbit and Samsung watch users. Yeah. So I've true. started getting into that. I have 
maybe four or five different options with those, which there's a lot of Fitbits and Samsung watches. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to get all of them. Usually if somebody just reaches out in my DMs on Etsy or Instagram and tell me what kind of watch they have, I can work something out with them. And even if I can't get adapters, I can give them instructions like, hey, I'm gonna send you this piece. Like it's like half of an adapter for a different watch, but it'll work perfectly with your watch. You just need a tool as well or something. Yeah. So it is doable for other smartwatches. So I've definitely expanded to that. And then I'm also kind of thinking about once I make my own website, maybe expanding into other products. But for now, it's just the yeah. watch bands. Yeah, okay. And then um, you mentioned like the adapter. I'm curious, is that something you, with your engineering background, you designed and then sent out orders to get it manufactured? Or is that something that existed and you just took it and as basically a supplier part and then applied it to your current product? Yeah, it's something that already existed. Mm -hmm. And so I was buying them just one at a time and they were like $7 a piece for this specific part. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to start buying them at wholesale for like a dollar. Yeah. So it like majorly cut back on my cost. So then that's when I was able to cut back on the price that I was selling yeah. my bands for as well. But yeah, it's just I buy wholesale. I'll buy like five, six hundred at a time right. and then just have them until I get low and start to run out. And then I'll just put in another order. Yeah. Have you um, last time we talked off camera, uh, you'd mentioned the idea of maybe getting this patented. Is that still something you're pursuing or do you think the market's already getting to the point of saturation? It's just make as much money as you can and then cut your loss, sell the company later. Yeah, it is something I was pursuing. Um, at this time, I have a year to decide for sure if I want to patent it or not, because I definitely have the proof to show that I was the first one to do it. So even though there are other sellers making that product, mm -hmm. I can show, okay, they started selling it in this month, this month, I started selling it them in May. But Here's receipts where I bought materials months before that. Here's text messages where I was talking about it with my mom, like all just different things to show that this was an idea well before it yeah. was an idea for everybody. Um, so right now I've kind of paused on the patent and just focusing on the bands, selling them. And I'm going to kind of see where the market falls because, I mean, today there's something will be popular one day and then the next nobody cares about it. So I kind of want to see a few months from now. I mean, the bands have definitely lasted for a few months and they're still very recognized and very popular, but yeah. I just want to make sure that it would be something that's worth my time. And then I could also go back um, to any companies that have started making and selling them once I have the patent and yeah. then shut them down at that point and ask them to not make the products yeah. or lease out the patent. Just, I guess, decide how to do it. Yeah, that's, that's good. I'm glad. Uh... I'm, I'm glad that you have found the market that works for it. And I, I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed with, uh, I had one thing that works and now I need to find something else that works as opposed to getting really good and efficient at doing the one thing you already excel at. Um, it's just kind of hedging your bets and trying to find a good placement for it. Uh, but you did mention that, uh, you know, people like them and like they're recognizable. Another thing that people like and is recognizable is today's sponsor. <laughs> Hill Zion Records. If you guys like some good classy music, some good R&B, some rap and all that, for the family, it's all PG, nothing nothing too inappropriate. And I personally like their music. I, I, we promote them every episode because, you know, they're just a great company. They're based out of Nashville, Tennessee. They got a very nice website. We're getting ready to go shoot a, I might say getting ready to, I think it's in February, January or February. We we're supposed to go down and shoot some um, 
uh, see the headshots for their their team, all their staff. Uh, do maybe one music video, and then also do some contract signing for some future partnerships. But uh, for the time being, they've graciously offered to be one of our sponsors, and for that, we're very grateful. So if you guys are interested in listening to some good, recognizable, enjoyable music, Hill Zion Records, uh, we'll have a link in the description. And if you're on any of the listening platforms not on YouTube, then um, just go check out Hill, hillzionrecords.com, I believe. Or find them on Instagram. They're everywhere. But yeah, let's bring this back into you, of course. I'm uh, curious of how this has like evolved for you in your own life, in your personal life. Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you own the business. You set your hours. You make whatever you want. If you want to make more money, you just work more hours type of thing. But for you personally, especially considering you said that you were at the point of working and only getting four hours of sleep a night, uh, what is important to you now? Is it the money? Is it, uh, is it work-life balance? Is it like building a reputation for yourself? Do you want this on a resume? Like, why do you continue to do this? So the money definitely was a huge driver at first. Um, and still is, I do like that extra paycheck every week, but yeah, the out debt's gone, right? (laughs) Right, right. right. I've definitely been paying off bills, starting to save up, eventually, move out of my mom's kitchen and (laughs) get a place of my own so she can have the bar back um maybe not well i mean it's the perfect height right (laughs) why why change it if it i'll go to my house and then come to her house when i need to make a couple bands like well this is my office Mm -hmm. like sorry you don't have your kitchen you got that half um the hours have definitely cut back which i think for my sanity like every couple nights i'll be like okay like i am not going to make any bands tonight i'll go through my inventory see if there's anything i can pull out and just easily send out but if it actually needs sewn i'll be like oh, i'll put it off for tomorrow like one more day will be fine just because working like getting home at 5 30 at night and then working until 10 10 30 every single night and then getting up and starting at 5 30 the next morning i'm like it kind of starts to get repetitive and just wears me down like I'm, yeah, I mean right now I'm worn out <laughs> yes. and it's not even been like that busy of a week um but I don't know I definitely like the idea of having my own business and th- my business is called girly boutique so I would more like to transition into a boutique and start offering clothing just different things down the line like right now the bands are definitely a good starting point and I want to continue to ride that out until there's nothing to go off of anymore i guess once a larger company may i don't know start selling hopefully mm-hmm. not for cheaper than i am or um does that interest you like being your own boss or or would you want to like manage that remotely and continue to work for another company and just you know have lee on have your name on the building like what does what motivates you more i like being my own boss if the company ever got big enough that i couldn't manage it i think I mean, my full-time job, I really like construction. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I could make the boutique my full-time. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I really enjoy it, but I don't know that I'm passionate enough about it to make that like a full-time job. Like, I really like what I do at work. So I think I would definitely want to stay where I am. And it's just something on the side, I would like to keep it a level that I could manage it. Mm -hmm. But if not, eventually. It's more of like a hobby for you. Something to keep you Yeah, I like to keep it as a hobby. Yeah. Well, that's inter- I think that honestly for, for us and our company, that's pretty much for myself where we're at, where, you know, we have um, all of, uh, I don't work directly for a company, but 
we have one client in particular that is by far our largest and that's where i spend most of my time is meeting those clients needs um, and that's why we brought in the additional help uh, ben gluntz which we've had on here and then uh, david baker we've also had on and once more the technical side once more the media side and we brought those guys in to help us take on more clients because i'm at the point like i can't manage one huge 40 hour a week client and then also a bunch of 20 to 30 hour clients on top of that maybe you know a wedding video here and there you know some extra clients here and there but um we're at the point where it's like if we don't bring in it's either i'm just okay with one client and i have to be stable at that point but it's very volatile you never know how the economy might change especially in automotive or bring in more staff and then help diversify our portfolio um, and that for you might be like producing different types of bands and trying to enter different markets um, but the nice part is if it's a hobby, you're probably going to do it whether or not it's profitable because that's what you do now. That's like part of part of like your daily routine. It's it makes you feel somewhat fulfilled. Um, but whenever like you're trying to put all your chips in on the company, if you fall, like there's no safety net. You don't have that main company or the construction company to like fall back on. So your hobby becomes like a nightmare in a way, because if you go too far in and it, it crumbles even if it's outside of your control you know that's that's a really big risk um right. so and i like i said before i never really expected this to be as profitable as it has been so i think anything yeah. that i've had so far is kind of just a blessing and if it were to stop tomorrow i mean obviously i'd be like oh shoot like <laughs> that was a lot of fun but yeah um it wouldn't be like the end of the world i mean right. i still have my full-time job um but yeah i mean when i started selling them I mean, I was kind of like, man, it'd be cool if I sold a lot, but I was really just trying to sell enough that I could break even and just sell a couple bands and yeah. then take a scrap piece of fabric for myself, like yeah, <laughs> just keep it. I think with the smart, smart watch market, I think it's, I mean, the numbers would show, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it's been growing and it's going to continue to grow, especially with um, Apple was one of the first ones to do it, but try to uh, apply for what is like a basically like a health application where it can be used as a medical device for more than just heartbeat monitoring but like uh things that are preventive um it, it was even I, th I believe at one point they were looking into like cardiac arrest and, and different medical conditions um that would be assisted by having the watch so if all smart watches or at least a several handful get to the point where it's used for more than just physical fitness or um like a flex you know like look how rich I am, look how, you know, I got $400, $600 on my wrist. Um, if it gets past that point where people actually need it for medical, then I'm sure like the the opportunities for you to continue to, to build these, um, these bands would just expand on that. And then even if it like, even if it wasn't, you're only getting like one or two clients a day. If your friends came and asked you, I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, I, I can make you one. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause, it, cause it's something you, you've started to enjoy in a way, you know? So I'm glad that you found, uh, you know, a, a good balance between your passion and um, a good side hobby <laughs> that you can fund. Uh, what's been uh, your favorite part about that whole journey, though, or currently is? That's a tough one. Um, some of the customers have been super nice. Like there's one customer I have. She's come back and I have. I try, I mean, I try to do my best with orders, but I have every time this girl ma places an order, I mess it up. Like, which is twice. She's 
placed two orders and I've messed up both. Mm-hmm. And she is the nicest, like most understanding. She's like, that's totally awesome. And I'm like, really? Thank you. I haven't messed up an order in like 500 orders. Like you just happen to be one of those I keep messing up. Mm-hmm. And she is so nice about it. And we follow each other on Instagram. Like she's just a super sweet girl. Um, I always tell her like, good luck on your finals or like, yeah, yeah like she always talks about her school. Um, and then I've just had a couple customers who are like that, that I don't actually mess up their orders. But um, there's been other customers that they'll just repeat. I think I had like 80 messages between myself and a customer and she bought like two bands mm-hmm. and we just like messaged and messaged. And so like there's people that are like so nice and like want to talk and just like ask about the products and they're super supportive like i don't know just there's been a very overwhelming amount of support about Mm -hmm. the bands from the customers that's awesome as all that uh uh, customer experience working back in high school finally paid off right (laughs) yeah Yeah. finally (laughs) that's great um as far as learning goes what has has been the most difficult thing for you to either comprehend or learn and then what has been the thing that's helped you learn the most as far as like a mentor or a website or anything like that learning curve and then what's helped you learn it Mm, that's a hard one um i guess just back to i mean almost the customer service again just there's been a lot working with people i guess just having to know that um that your tone isn't really understood so like i'll be trying to be like super nice and helpful and they'll be like oh like I'm not really getting what I want, like, and just trying to keep customers happy. So I've learned like a lot about dealing with people and mm-hmm. people skills without being able to talk to somebody, like constantly having to message. Like it's one thing if you text your friend and you like kind of say something and it sounds maybe sassy, but you, like they know you and they know you're just yeah. joking around. But like with people who have never met you before, like you don't know their background, you don't know their sense of humor, anything. You have to be like very careful what you say to make sure that you're not perceived as being rude or mm-hmm. um i don't know not like some customers are like super happy and excited so i like want to match that like i don't want to sound just like dull and like very like mechanic like oh like thank you for your purchase like yeah I, like i'd want to make sure to like try to read the person through their message and be able to respond to that the best way i can and i feel like that kind of helps with my actual job just because like i do call subcontractors sometimes but a lot of them i'll just send them an invite for a bid and then maybe an email mm-hmm. and that's it. And so I'm like, I don't know like what they think of me. Like they have no idea who I am. They've never met me. They're yeah. just receiving an email. And so, and then I see like my more experienced coworkers who like have these relationships with the subcontractors. And I'm like, I know I'll get there, but I haven't yet. So I just need to make sure to, yeah, I guess, respond how I, how's best for that person. Yeah. There was a, I was in a meeting today with a client and, they had HR presenting and one of the comments they made is if you're not intentionally being inclusive, then you're subconsciously being exclusive. And what they meant by that is unless I'm like doing my best to include you and I'm like hanging out with other people, I'm at the lunch table, like in the cafe, or if I'm working on a project and I'm not making going out of my way to try to get you involved, even though I'm not doing it intentionally, you may perceive that as you're getting excluded. And even if you don't think anything of it, you're like, you know, it's not my team. Why would I care? There's something uh, like positive whenever people go out of their way to try to help you. It's like if you go to a new school, if you're uh, new to a job and people are like, hey, do you want to grab lunch? Like almost everyone that I know would, you know, probably agree. Like that's 
that feels good. Like people care, like they're trying their best to, to help you feel included. So if you're going out of your way to try to build those relationships with clients, they're like, wow, most of the other people that try to subcontract me, just send me a bid, you know, send me the quote. Uh, and this person's going out of their way and they're under like 25. So it's like, it shows a lot about a person's character. And I, I thought that was a really neat point. And I like, after hearing that today, it's like, how can I apply that to my own business? Yeah. Sounds like you're finding a way to do that with your own as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that does definitely uh, applies to work and I guess everything, just yeah. making sure you include people like that. Yeah. Trying to be intentional with, uh, with whatever it is you're doing. Intentionality. Uh, we were talking about that on the last one. I, I, a guy, he uh, was the first one on the episodes out of all, I think he was out of all 10 so far, he was the first one to cu uh, curse. And I was like, he asked me what my perspective was on that, or at least I offered it. And it's like, I care more about like your intentions than the words you choose to express them. So if you're like trying to be mean and you aren't cursing, but you're like being derogatory towards somebody, it's like, that's in my opinion, like more degrading, like you're intentionally trying to hurt somebody's feelings or, or tear them down or be malicious versus if you're trying to build somebody up and you use a word that like might be culturally taboo for your area, like there's certain words we can't say in the US, but over in the UK, that word might be completely fine. Um, so yeah, it just to me, intentions are a really big part of building relationships and trying to maintain something long lasting, especially with clients or, or customers or even friends, family and all that. Yeah. Um, and then I got a, a couple more questions for you. We're coming to an end here. Uh, I mean, we're, you're welcome to hang out and we can talk more. Uh, but just to, to wrap up all of the subjects together, uh, what is one of the biggest misunderstandings people have about you or your line of work or what it's like to be a woman inside of like, what would I would say is probably a male dominant profession like uh, uh, road construction or you know that type of work yeah so I've actually had a pretty good experience with working in construction I worked with three companies my during college for internships I had a different one every summer and mm -hmm. the third one is the one that I hired on with full-time and I really never had a bad experience the most that anybody ever has pointed out with me being a girl is like um they'll just be like they'll be talking and kind of like how you said like just like cussing and carrying on or like maybe not having the most appropriate conversation and then they'll like see me and stop oh. and they're like oh <laughs> like sorry and yeah. i'm like oh you're fine like don't stop having fun on my account like i don't care like i might not join in but i don't care like yeah. say what you want it's i'm probably not even paying so you'd prefer if they the kept time. cussing right i would prefer that they keep cussing and, and making their inappropriate remarks whatever yeah. just to feel included like even if i'm not including myself i don't want to be purposely like oh sorry like don't stop because of me yeah um that's a good point or like i've had at one of my internships my boss approached me and he's like hey the guys kind of cuss a lot outside um like the laborers and stuff he's like they kind of cuss and can be rough like with each other do you if you want i can tell them to watch it while you're around and i was like no don't yeah. <laughs> i was like it's, it's like, fine it's cool. i went to college like, <laughs> right like i was like i'm fine like <laughs> i don't really care it's not gonna offend me um, I would prefer they keep going and not think, oh, like a lady, we need to stop. Like, yeah. just ignore me. Like, act like I'm not here. I don't care. Um, but I have had some friends in college who have said they had some pretty negative experiences. Like one was talking about her boss would, there were two interns on the site and one was able to go out to the site 
like they were like in the field office and mm -hmm. the male was able to go out to the site whenever he wanted but if she wanted to go out to the site she had to ask permission and be accompanied by the male intern and she's huh. like oh he's a year younger than me like That's i've been weird. with this company two years why do i need did to he be have more experience or anything no. No. no he was younger than her like well, he I mean, had he less have... of an, less internships oh, okay. I guess. yeah well yeah i mean age i mean for us we probably have more experience than most because when we were in high school we had uh what is referred to as like a vocational schooling where we were able to get into engineering schools much earlier so uh, myself, I have like four or five years of experience in engineering fields versus oh, ahead of people that graduated the same year as us. And I think you were in a similar position just with all the internships and different opportunities that you got as well. So I wasn't sure if that played a part into yeah, that decision. I, from her perspective, I don't think it did. Mm -hmm. She was more just annoyed that she had to ask for permission, just yeah. like she was the only one in the office. And she's like, well, he's an intern too. Like, why does he get to do whatever he wants? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, there were a couple of stories like that, but for the most part, no, it's been pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. inclusive. Like that's good. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing so fine. If you're around women and you normally cuss, just keep cussing. <laughs> if you were at a bar and again you wanted to punch a guy and it's a girl, is is that okay? No, I'm <laughs> not just kidding. Saying that, I'm just kidding. But... No. <laughs> we're not gonna touch that one. Um, so okay, that's good. Uh, I, I do agree. Like overall, just treat everybody equal, man. It, it's not that hard. Uh, as far as advice goes, though. For whatever, what, what's the best piece of advice you have for people that might be interested in construction, that might be in, uh, interested in pursuing their passion or their hobbies, getting into uh, starting their own business? What's what you got? Um, well, for construction, just go for it. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a good time, um, especially like I work in the office. I did two internships out on the site and I loved it. Like I loved being out there, but I'm also not one for weather, like any type of too hot, too cold. Like, yeah. I mean, if it's like 75, pick... I'll go out there. If it's 74, 76, like I'll stay inside. Like, and, you, and you picked Indiana of all states. Yeah. Well, I didn't really pick it. I started here and just never left. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, definitely go for it. I mean, I have a lot of fun in construction. I mean, all my classmates were super chill. Like everybody always commented like, I started, there's like a lot of different types of engineering at Purdue, and I started in what's called a learning community. And so it was a living learning community. So we had classes together, but we also lived together, and it was all sorts of different engineers. So there was only a few construction engineers and the whole thing. Um, and so I kind of re continued with those friendships after. Mm -hmm. That was my freshman year that we all lived together on the same floor. I continued those relationships, and everybody's like, man, like you're – major does so much together like everybody's always having fun like you guys study but you also go like do stuff and have fun like whereas like some of my friends would be in majors where like nobody ever wants to do anything like i don't have any friends in my major I'm like, yeah oh like so i mean everybody's definitely very open um and welcoming in construction i really enjoy it how long have you been doing the like have you have you been doing construction with the same company since you started moving over from the bio no so I worked with Cummins in high school yeah. um, and I decided I could have stayed with them and pursued chemical or materials engineering, either mm -hmm. of those, but I, just, I really wanted to do construction and so I kind of cut ties there with Cummins and went straight, when mm -hmm. I went to Purdue, I went straight into construction. Yeah. I had to do a general first year engineering, but I pretty much knew like yeah, so you've I went to construction. You've been doing it for a while then. Uh, what has been the... I don't know. You've probably been on a number of sites then by now, if you've been. A decent, well, all of my internships have been 
on one site except for the oh. last one i was in the office okay but i got to go around to a few different sites so have you had a favorite one or like one that actually stood out or have they just been maybe the sites aren't the highlight of the job um so i guess overall my favorite would be my very first internship was on actually on a wastewater plant okay, okay maybe i take that back um though it stunk <laughs> i liked <laughs> maybe not the site but yeah. i liked the people there were like I think at one time they had like 300 people on site. Wow. And when I got there, there was maybe 80, mm -hmm. which was still like a lot. So there was like always somebody to like show me what to do and like help me. And like there'd be times I'd have nothing to do in the office. So they'd be like, we'll go like move some stuff around and help the carpenter. So I'd just be out there like getting sweaty with the guys, like working. Mm -hmm. um, so I really enjoyed that site just because there was so much going on. And that's – I definitely learned a lot. Yeah. Um. And then with the company I'm with now, I don't spend a whole lot of time on site. I really like we're doing the, um, if anybody's familiar with Columbus, we're doing the Columbus overpass yeah, in, on okay. 11. So I really like that just one because it's an overpass to pass over a railroad that kind of separates the west side of town from the rest of town. And, and it stops traffic almost every day. It's every day. Yeah. It stops them for, I mean, up 10, 15 minutes at a time sometimes. Like it can be. But then some... it backs up traffic. Oh, yes. So like, I, I I don't know if you know the actual number, but it's several miles that the traffic at that light or the, the railroads will get backed up um, going westward on 46. But then also north, uh, for, if you go 46 west, the, it's you have to go pretty far before you get to a light. So like the traffic backup isn't the worst thing at the train. But if you're on uh, 46 going east and it turns into uh, central, there's like a, that's where the town is. So there's a ton of lights and then all of those lights get backed up. And then almost like depending on how long the train's there, like the whole city will start to get gridlocked if it's during rush hour because all the traffic backs up into the city and nobody can get in or out. It's pretty rough. Yeah. So the overpass is definitely something that the city's looked forward to. So I'm excited to be a part of that. And the, I haven't actually been out to site yet just mm -hmm. because it's there's a lot of dirt being done right now so it's a lot of dirt bigger yeah it's a lot of bigger equipment like i think i just kind of be in the way mm -hmm. uh, maybe once more the actual like bridge we've some of the bridges going up but more once that kind of work and the like the road um stuff that i guess i wouldn't hmm. i don't know how to put it but yeah i think right now i would be more in the way if i went out there gotcha. whereas like once the project progresses a little bit we're like a month into the project so once it gets a little bit more on its feet i'll mm -hmm. be out on that site more and that's probably the one i'm most excited about yeah well, that's that sounds pretty exciting i drive past it every day i don't know if i like it or dislike it yet it so far the traffic it's caused hasn't been very bad at least it's not as bad as the train causes so overall it's a good it's a good win for the city uh but we are coming to an end do you have any final words final remarks thoughts anything no, um, just thank you for tuning in if you've lasted this long. Uh, <laughs> hope, yeah, we appreciate it. hope so. Um, and you can definitely check me out on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Girly Boutique, and that's spelled G-I-R-L-E-E -E underscore boutique. Yeah. Uh, the Lee comes from my last name. It's Autumn Lee. Um, and then on Etsy as well with Girly Boutique. And if you do follow me on social media, I'm hoping to be opening up my own website in the next month or so yeah. so i'll definitely be promoting that and you'll if you follow me you'll definitely know as soon as it happens because there'll be like a lot of posts yeah we can help you that with that if you have any questions as well um so uh just to end this all with a big pretty bow 
want to thank you for coming on today. We really appreciate it. And for people tuning in, we really appreciate you guys listening, like she said, lasting this long. I uh, hope you guys found it interesting. If you guys have recommendations for guests to come on or sponsors, you can send them our way at triflix.com. And uh, as well as if you're interested in sponsoring the show. Um, but overall, we, uh, we really enjoyed your time here today, man. Appreciate yeah, well, it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day, guys. Oh, thanks. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.